Shall we just uh, yeah? Let's go from the top because uh, I've I've stopped and started a couple of times now anyway. So <laughs> that's what you're always saying. Hi, I'm Ian. He's Ollie. Hi. We're both guys, and we're chatting about Conan 2011 in our Notes on Film Guys on Film podcast. It's all new. It is all new, Ollie. Yep. Uh, it's a new beginning. On episode 79, I think it is, we're, begin- we're, we're rethinking everything. The five yeah. map. Yeah, we're having a midlife crisis. <laughs> 78 episodes old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so we... Are going to get up into the hundred and fifties and then call it quits. Is that is that fair? If this is our midlife crisis, uh, yeah, I'd say that's I'd say that's fair. But you know, there might be an afterlife. You know, we might have children. Afterlife podcast pod children. Uh, so what what are we changing? What's what's this all about? Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna change the format of the podcasts. What uh, that we do every month. So each month, people should expect that we're going to do one deep dive. So you're used to having what? one deep dive per episode. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, Gerard, but we're basically going to reduce that so that people get one big subject a month, okay. and then in a, in a couple of other episodes that month, which we're going to call notes on, and then you know insert title of film here. Yeah. Um, we'll explore that subject a little bit further. Okay. Okay. So we so we can g- get genuinely deep into the subject. Does that sound good? You know what the best thing about this change up is. Go on is that the people who are listening to this right now can get involved in a big way. Oh, yeah. Because it's interactive? It's massively interactive. Wow. Uh, because from now, we'll be requesting things like voice messages or, or more responses. You can watch the film at the same time as us. That'll maybe end up in the show. I mean, you might even hear a couple of voice messages from our fans around the world in this episode. Who knows? Who knows? But we want you to get in contact with us. And tell us what you think of the the films. Think of it as some kind of club. <laughs> what is this? Some kind of club? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how, how can how can people tell us uh, what they think of films or give us voice memos about the films? What can they well, do? they can go to our uh, Facebook uh, page. <laughs> guys on film on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Facebook.com uh, forward slash guys on film. That's right, and they can go to the send us a message but instead of typing it out they can you can actually uh if you're using a mobile phone you can record a message wonderful so yeah if you if you like us on there then send us a message and just audio record what you think another way do you think another way of doing it is to uh record it directly into your phone and then send us the file to our email address which is guys on film podcast at gmail.com perfect yeah, so it's, there's loads of ways. We want um, you to And we're to get on involved. Instagram and Twitter, at GOF Podcast as well. So what we're talking about here, though, is that the two notes on episodes that we do a month, we're going to be pulling everyone's thoughts about the films that we're talking about. So we're going to let people know in advance. So if you're not already, go and follow at GOF Podcast on Instagram and Twitter and on uh, Facebook, Guys on Film. 
and then when we know what the next movies are going to be we'll let you know and then you can go off and watch them and they're probably going to be things that you can find quite easily on Amazon Prime or Netflix or some other method like if they're on TV at that time or something like that we'll make it as easy as possible basically yeah and, and, it, and it will be related to the deep dive as well exactly so you can extend on what we discuss initially in the deep dive at the start of the month with your thoughts on uh, the other films. And then at the end of the month, what happens, Ollie? Well, we're, we're always going to have our look ahead. That's always going to cap the month out. Is that a phrase? <laughs> I guess it is now. Cap it out? Yeah. Just to tell you what, can you cap that out, mate? <laughs> I need you to go ahead and cap that out. Um, yeah, yeah just, and we'll uh, also be just out. having, uh, you know... We're, we're making this up as we go along let's be frank but you know we're, we're going to try and talk about what we've watched over the month uh, during our look ahead uh, as well so yeah so the look ahead episode is, is pretty much as it has been before but we're going to then reflect on the things that we did manage to see within that month that have been out of the cinema so um, you could almost bookend your March look ahead with our April look ahead and kind of go one to the other and see what we actually managed to see that we were keen to see in that month. Yeah, and you know the same applies to any month. Those were just examples. <laughs> you know, June, July, May. You know, October. You know, etc. Yeah, um, I think it's exciting. Thursday. I'm, I for one, I'm really excited. Wow! Are you excited? Shall we get home? on with the show? Oh, brilliant! That's great. Oh, that's disappointing. Why not get more involved? <laughs> okay. What's on this episode, Ollie? Our first ever notes on episode. What's it going to be about? It's going to be about uh, Conan 2011. Okay. Uh, is that Conan O'Brien running for office in 2011? No, that's Conan the Barbarian. Uh, and we're, we're going to be oh. talking about that after the jingle. But first, Ian, I think we've got a little bit of housekeeping to do, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Tell me more. Housekeeping. Uh, so, on a previous what? episode, I stated that I had met Tina Fey from uh, the, the movie world because I said that she was in Parks and Recreation. Uh, and it, we have been informed by uh, mega fan Sambles that, in fact, I have not met Tina Fey and I have, in fact, met Megan Mullally, who plays Tammy and, and who is also... Um, Nick, is it Nick Offerman? Rick, I mean, Nick. given that this is housekeeping, I would have, I would have hoped that you'd prepared a clear statement with good research. But it just sounds like you're floundering once again. Yeah, Nick, Nick Offerman. Uh, it's actually also that was, his that was wife. the audible click of Ollie's mouse as he <laughs> scours IMDb for instant uh, information. Okay, uh, so it is actually his wife in real life. Um, but what I would say, is life she, wife. Yeah, a, a real-life wife. Uh, what I would say is that she does bear a striking resemblance to Tina Fey, you know, in the memory banks at least. Okay. So I might run a vote on me. Twitter and just find out if people genuinely think that Tina Fey looks like um, Mulally, Megan Mulally. Yeah, uh, but uh, Alan and, actually... And, and we'll see if the, the audience agrees with you that they look strikingly similar. Sure. Um, but Alan also says he just thought it was best that I don't go round telling people I've met Tina Fey and get embarrassed. So what I would say, it's a good job uh, that I haven't told that many people. Yeah. Um, and it's a good job you've got somebody like um, Alan looking after you, watching your back. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks, Alan. Thalan. Uh, just one more thing, Ian. Yeah. 
Have you? Did you watch the trailer for the Meg? I have. Yeah. Great. Can you do an impression of Jason Statham's key moment where he says, "It's a megalodon." It's a megalodon. No, a, I, I can't. It's a megalodon. Bing. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was accurate. Okay, fine. Good um, job. Yep, brilliant. Okay, so let's uh, let's move on. Guys on Bill. Yeah, but guys, we're talking about Bill. It's the Guys on Bill podcast for real. You know what guys talk about Bill. It's the Guys on Bill podcast for real. So this week we're doing the remake of Conan the Barbarian, um, which was released in 2011. Right. Have you seen that? Okay. Um, if you were to watch either of those, what do you reckon they were they're like, or would you be up for them? Would I be up for watching them? Yeah, I mean, I know you're not because you haven't, but like, you know, do you like the concept or the idea of it? No. Do you know what it's about? <laughs> Some big oaf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just sounds like just just a big oaf. Just a big oaf. Okay. What if I told you it was the story of uh, a barbarian warrior setting off to avenge his parents' death, um, who were killed by an evil sorcerer and his henchmen when he was a boy? I think you're just adding words unnecessarily there. I think I surmised it better <laughs> when I said it's just a big O. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is notes on Conan the Barbarian. 2011 and that's not meaning that there's been that many Conans it's just that was the year that it was made that this one came out so we're talking about this one because our most recent deep dive was uh, about remakes and what made a good remake what the best remakes or worst remakes were what they're all about what the point of them is so why don't we do a little bit of an overview of what this is remaking the episode's not about the original but Let's just quickly summarise. So it's the the Arnie classic. So, the official synopsis. A barbarian warrior sets off to avenge his parents and his tribe, whom were slain by an evil sorcerer and his henchmen when he was a boy. That's the original. The new one says, a vengeful barbarian warrior sets off to get his revenge on the evil warlord who attacked his village and murdered his father when he was a boy. I think it sounded pretty similar. Is this a remake? Yeah, I mean, I've also got a different official synopsis, and this is actually an official synopsis from the film company itself. So do you want to hear that one? Not really. I mean, I think we've thoroughly done that now. Yeah, but this adds a couple of key things. I mean, that's more like a plot rundown. (laughs) The official plot rundown. (laughs) <laughs> a quest that begins as a personal vendetta for the fierce Cimmerian warrior soon turns into an epic battle against hulking rivals, horrific monsters and impossible odds as Conan, Jason Momoa, realises he is the only hope of saving the great nations of Hyboria from an encroaching reign of supernatural evil. Okay, more detailed, sure. Yep. Yeah. Uh, People are getting the point of it now. Okay. Yeah, no, they're, they're really so, keyed into it. Just before we fire into the new one, though, Ollie, okay. Um I think it's important because the point of this is about remakes, right? So what 
just really quickly before we get into our notes, what yeah, are no, your no. kind of main main memories about the original? What's like? Is it a good film? Are you into it? Is it one of your favorite Arnie ones? What's what's your feels on it? It's not one of my favorite Arnie ones, but I think it's iconic. Yeah, I think it it probably creaks a little bit now, and I reckon that's probably one of the reasons for saying that it's a worthwhile, worthy remake or something that you would remake because the original is kind of a bit cheesy. Even though it is mm-hmm. iconic and Conan is great and it's from a very sort of rich and detailed world of graphic novels and books and all sorts, you know, you, you'd want to be able to do it justice again with modern techniques and, and stuff like that. But Arnie, yeah. obviously, is Conan okay. and he embodied that role. And I, I guess that's my sort of take home from it is probably my main gripe about the new one is that Arnie is Conan. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I agree. So he he re- he really brought that to to life. Yeah, I think um, one thing I would say is that it always like there are things when I think back to the original. There, are, uh, it does in my mind always feel like one of those films that went on way too long. I I think my memory of the original a little bit is if my dad let me watch it, it would go on for too many ad breaks on ITV on a Saturday night, and he'd be like, "Look, okay. you're well past your bedtime now. You're not getting yeah. to the end of it." But um, <laughs> have you got to the end of it recently? Yeah, I have. I have rewatched it, but some like when I recall it though, some of the imagery, like him out with that blue skyline, um, swinging his sword around, practicing his sort of sword play, um, that zebra print paint that they put on when they infiltrate the the palace, yeah, um, and and there's a, there's a number of other bits. Like one of them is when they burn the body of Valeria on the pyre. That's pretty mm-hmm. iconic as well. Yeah, and Arnie on the mill wheel thing when he's just in like bondage for years that's like yeah. pretty iconic as well so it's it's a lot to live up to image wise yeah. so let's talk about 2011 okay so it's directed by marcus nispel okay he's, he's had a few remakes under his belt so started off with a remake of another lauded classic which is the texas chainsaw massacre so we did that one but he also did the friday the 13th remake as well and again, I don't think it's too bad. I don't think it's yeah. actually that bad at all. I think it's all right. So he's done. So this is his third, what you would say, uh, either reboot or remake. The only thing is, I, I probably have like a little bit of a bias towards the older ones of those. Like, I know that obviously Texas's Chainsaw Massacre, the original, is a bit kind of like chicken bones and like terrible practical props and stuff like that. But no, no, but that's of, good it, though, isn't it? I mean, it was, that that's what I, a, a hillbilly family would do. Yeah, it's just there are some parts of the visual um, side of it that are not so good and you can tell why they wanted to remake it, but I still like the original more. Yeah, same. It's, it it makes bias. it itch. It's like a... It's a, it's a, a, a skin... Like herpes. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not nice, you know. It's not polished. It's... It's grimy and, and nasty. That's what I like about it. But anyway, let's move on to Conan. 24% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's... Um, shall we do an overview or should we just get into the notes? Well, I've got the, um, the official critics' consensus here. Okay, that'd be can interesting you, can you just, to hear. Okay, can you just do as uh, like a, a presentary style official critics' consensus and I'll just stick a heavy metal riff behind it? Um, yeah, okay. It's the Guys on Film official critics' consensus. While its relentless, gory violence is more faithful to the Robert E. Howard books, 
Conan the Barbarian forsakes three-dimensional characters, dialogue, and acting in favour of unnecessary 3D effects. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think that's uh, fair. I'd I'd say that's fair, because there's a few moments in it, one in particular, uh, where basically Conan is born on on the battlefield. So he's literally... Uh, torn from the womb yeah. um, and the, the baby is kind of it's it's a prosthetic baby with a CG arm how do you know it's not real what oh it's not it's not real <laughs> it's not real <laughs> okay I mean, I mean what's that have... woman giving birth to a prosthetic for I don't know it's, it's, I mean it is a little bit weird but I think it's I think it's actually movie magic but it, waste, it does look a bit weird yeah okay uh, and yeah Ron, Ron Perlman gets to put in a turn as like a midwife <laughs> Yeah, that's right. It's like, tell you what, like one one pull of a dagger in like a sort of outward direction, <laughs> done. Done. No worries, mate. Yeah. What, what are you worried about? <laughs> there was, and we'll get onto it later, but there's also like a, a sand people fight where there was this weird kind of mixture of people which who, who'd obviously sort of had glue on their body and then been rolled around in sand. Um, and then a mixture between those and then fully CG performance that that didn't yeah. gel together that well. Okay. I do feel like you're dwelling a little bit on... Well, I don't know. I was going to say you're dwelling a little bit on like the cosmetics when really the, the failures in this one are kind of deep-seated. Deep but may, maybe you're right. If it's going to do a big action-based sort of thing well, it needs to have all the effects looking top notch and and the action sequences choreographed really nicely and stuff and maybe it doesn't matter so much about the story i was just gonna say i do feel like their comment about the 3d uh characters uh being let down in favor of 3d effects is probably true okay i mean you say that i'm dwelling on something but i've got two notes here and i'll I'll read them out to you uh i've got one note that says 35 minutes in so far so good (laughs) And then okay. I've got another note said, still enjoying it at one hour and ten minutes. What? Oh, shit, Ollie, mate. And, but but then, hold okay, on a minute. Okay, so I'm, I'm beginning to feel that we're we're maybe diverging on this. I know okay. that obviously you're... Sounds like you're building up to a big butt. Ollie's big butt. Well, I, But Ian's big butt is, I didn't like any of it, really. I'm, I struggled okay. with getting through a lot of it. Really? I mean, I watched all of it, but I just, I was not taken in by it. Well, I thought that it was more based on the imagery and the style of uh, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings than the original Conan. Dark? Uh, just just a lot of the imagery and and even, even the story. I mean, Morgan Freeman, who was there as a voiceover, uh, Morgan Exposition, I've got written down here, um... Yeah. So they've got this big mask thing and it's been scattered like the rings in the Lord of the Rings. Um, and if they all come back together... your rings. <laughs> if they all come back together, like the, you know, the ring in the Lord of the Rings, then yep. one person will have, you know, much power, just like Lord of the Rings. So it, it did seem like... It did seem a little bit... Derivative of that. A little bit. Just a little bit. Um, okay. But I did feel like the fights and the the costumes and the armor and a lot of the shots of the the soldiers marching and things like that were reminiscent of of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess like for me that Lord of the Rings stuff never particularly did it for me, and by that I mean like the the visuals and the 
armies and that sort of side of Lord of the Rings did do it for me. Like some some of the visuals of them on the journeys were fantastic and like that stuff I can see like Peter Jackson has a good eye for that sort of big aerial shot of them moving through um, landscapes and stuff but like the battle scenes that are kind of dark and you can't really tell what's going on with the bits that I kind of got lost on and that in this like I, I would say my biggest gripe with this is the darkness overall and the lighting of it it may be something to do with three, the fact that it's 3D but right. I thought it was quite hard to tell what was going on a lot of the time um, where the battle scenes in the original one are very clear and I mean a bit obvious and nowhere near the same sort of like choreography and stuff like that but they're mm. actually more enjoyable for me Did you think that uh, Jason Momoa's uh, Conan was Conan enough compared to Arnie's do you think he was he was barbarian enough? I don't know really because I think like Arnie played up the role in a little bit of a sort of hammy way as well like neither of them actually come across as like a realistic barbarian like they both have sort of like weird sex scenes well they both have weird sex scenes but they both have kind of like looking off to the side like sort of smirking eyes at times and like kind of tongue-in-cheekness about them yeah. and if you're getting the sort of real barbarian performance it'd be something more like the revenant sort of like out in dirt and mud and grime and stuff like that and both of them yeah. are kind of like action hero lads yeah which is fine but i think as far as the question goes i don't think one is better than the other at being a barbarian as far as being better as conan it's really hard to separate conan from arnie because he's just become it yeah um, i don't really have any connection to the character other than the original movie because uh, okay. i've never read any of the books but i guess some of our listeners might so they can tell us what they think if they have yeah okay Hey podcast dudes, as you know Conan the Barbarian really resonates with me and here's why. The story itself is quite simple but the way it's presented feels really authentic, it's gritty, it's intense. You've got a young Arnold Schwarzenegger who pulls all his effort into the performance. It plays on his strengths as a brooding hero. He doesn't speak that much uh, but neither does Conan. You can really see the inner rage and suffering from the earlier scenes in the film play out. Like he loses his family and the circumstances basically forge him into a determined man with fire in his eyes. And he's really good at that. The vengeance drive basically gives him his strength physically and mentally, but there's definitely weakness with forming connections and ever being happy, being normal. The supporting cast is also really well developed. Each has their arc from the exposition scenes from the king who sits on the throne, who sets upon their quest, through to the antagonist in James Earl Jones. And actually, if you think about it, Earl Jones basically plays the antithesis uh, character uh, to Conan. He's not very physically capable, but he's a great speaker, he's a great leader, he's charismatic, and it's complete opposite of Conan. And watching both of those go through a bit of a journey in the film is quite cool. The script is pretty timeless. I think this is this is the main point of Conan. It's between John Milius and Oliver Stone, they balance the script really well between satisfying violence and a bit of a more nuanced classic. Like Oliver Stone left his own devices for like Crates Alexander, which is a bit too timeless. Conan doesn't really rely on exposition for conveying emotional development. The soundtrack, the performances from the actors, does most of that heavy lifting. And that's what makes the full package of Conan. If you compare it to the modern film, it's just too much talking in the modern film. Like, Conan's basically 
a more of a modern hero where he's charismatic, he's smiley, and it just doesn't work. There's no connection there. It, he's just he could just be a Marvel character at that stage. I reckon if the original was remastered and re-screened at film festival today, it'd still do really well. It's a classic, almost art house film. What did you think about the Morgan Freeman um, intro then? Did you like him doing the narration? No, because he sounded like no. he he basically rocked up at the at the voiceover studio about ten minutes before he needed to do the voiceover. Uh, probably gone and got himself a soy latte, got the lines yeah. in front of him straight away, and was like, "What is this?" And they just said, "Look, just just read it, just read it." You're Morgan Freeman. I also think that his voice is very friendly as well. Like it's associated yeah. with like comforting sort of the types of roles that like I think he's obviously going to be synonymous with uh, Shawshank Redemption, and he plays a character that's very reliable and um, like sort of good good narrator that you can kind of trust and in this i think he needs to be more foreboding the original one was i think the narration was done by the same guy as like the sorcerer or like the witch doctor or whatever that well that's is. what i felt that was my main thing about that is why not get someone who was a, a part of in the it. story that kind of lived through the whole story like there was a you know like a pirate guy or you know or, or whoever, one of the people that just basically managed to live through the whole film uh, and yeah. could live to kind of tell that tale because it, it just sounded like Morgan Freeman. And obviously some producer somewhere has made a creative decision just to say, well, people like Morgan Freeman's voice, so why don't we just get him and spend the, spend the rest of our budget on that? That's how these things work, Ian. So once uh, that voiceover ends, Morgan Freeman's saying the world is kind of like brutalised and in ruin... And um, one of the first scenes that we see is like basically a sort of blissful existence that the um, tribe that um, Conan's father is part of and that Conan's like a young lad being trained in and stuff. Like their kind of status quo is nice and it's pleasant and they're all kind of training. Okay, there are wars going on and so on, but like their home life seems sort of pleasant. They know they might have to go off to war. Um, but then you know it, it just didn't seem like the world that the picture had been painted of during that big narration at the start but then it gets um, heavy it does get heavy basically um, some guys come and burn the whole place up Ron Perlman has a lava shower I, I, I mean what did you think of that moment well there was one technicality to it that I only thought of after the scene was done but like <laughs> how how is that molten metal in the bucket up above him how's that staying hot for so long how is it staying liquid hot? <laughs> it's just a bucket oh. suspended in the air. You mean so what? So what they could have said was just do us a favour and like don't drop that for about twenty minutes and it will solidify. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, just um, do us a favour, son. Uh, see that? See that liquid above my head? If you if you spill that on my face, I'm going to die. Uh, but if you just hold it there, you'll solidify. That that's that's just physics. Wicked, yeah. That's science. Yeah, cheers, yeah. mate. That could have helped. Um, yeah. I took a note around now saying uh, enemy gets chopped in the foot and lets out a noise like Jurassic Park. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, like, there was weird. <laughs> yeah, that that was that it's like was a one sort weird of like decision. beastly dinosaur sound from a, like from a really long distance away. Like sort of imagine the sound of a dinosaur in pain two miles away. That's the audio that was used when this guy got chopped in the foot. Uh, yeah, but, um, I mean I can hear it in my head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I had I've written a note. Someone gets their nose chopped off. Oh no! I just I just had the uh, the classic joke. How do they smell? And then 
terribly is is the answer. Oh, okay. Uh, but later on, uh, Conan does shove his finger into someone's face, which was quite yeah, a fin- good visual. That was good, a good visual. Fin- finger in the nose. Finger in the nose is good when he removes the sort of like bonded style face mask that that guy has, and then sticks yeah. his finger into the now. Uh, just basically, it's a big gap on his face, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think by that point, that that leathery thing he had on his face, it's not very realistic. That'd be, that'd have maggots in it and stuff, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'd be stinking. But I mean, he probably wouldn't know. Uh, The other thing around this point where they capture the guy whose nose uh, had been cut off many years previous, they they arrive at this settlement where a bunch of the baddies, who I think are part of Zim's army, Zim being the big baddie, um, they arrive at this settlement and they kind of free all these people from the sort of um, chains and kind of imprisonment that this Zim army have had them in. But it's a little bit like, um, yeah, we freed you from your masters, but we're still definitely going to have sex with the lassies. <laughs> like, all right, we're letting you go, but like, don't leave yet, yeah? <laughs> Come yeah. here. Which is all a bit like, I mean, maybe barbarians would have done that. Arnie does something similar in the first one, um, yeah. where he acts in a very comforting way to an imprisoned lady by putting something around her to hide her naked body, and then he just has sex with her in front of a crowd of people who are around the cell that he's in. Nice. So you know, sex politics are a bit all over. Yeah, the I place. mean, it's pretty pretty barbaric, isn't it? Yeah. Cool. So yeah, he lets other folks kill that noseless fella. He he says, "I'm not going to kill you," and then he's like. I said, I'm not going to kill you. And then he throws him to the... <laughs> it's a good line. He says it exactly like that. He's like, I said, I wasn't going to kill you. Um, you certainly won't get killed by me. Um, anyway, so yeah, the, I kind of felt that was a bit of a dark move. At this point, like, he's just, he's got all the rage. And there's that whole thing about like the fire and ice. And he only understands the fire and not the ice. Yeah, um, because of the alchemy of steel or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is all fire. There's not an awful lot to like about him at this stage. He's just a bit of a dick running about trying to like kill people who did him, did an unfairness on him back in the day. I mean, are you supposed to like a barbarian? I don't know. If you want to watch him for near on two hours, then yeah, I think so. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, yeah, I thought, so please I thought the, um, I thought the the actual physical stunt work in the film was quite good. Okay. Like, there was a lot of good choreography, a lot of good horse stunts. I don't know, mate, I've seen better. I've seen yeah. some of the best horse stunts in Hollywood, actually. Uh, <laughs> Seven out of ten, you know. Um, <laughs> so, I, I did actually write down that Everyone is is so delicate and filled with blood. Okay. I mean well, that. I mean that sounds like a, a comment on life itself, but it isn't. In the film, people just get like gently thrown on rocks, and all of a sudden they they kind of just explode in a in a kind of gory <laughs> mess. In a gory way. In a gory way, yeah. Um, okay. And there's there was a weird bit with a a kind of horse chase, and that and that was is quite good. But there's this carriage. And yeah, like, I've got a note on this as well. It's very, it was, it's very popular these days to have, like, a car or a truck or a or a van, a little bit like in the Batman, Dark Knight. the Dark Knight, where it, a van will just like literally flip over its 
its front and do like a, a somersault while well, they do this with a, a stagecoach and yeah. it, it just physically doesn't look possible yeah i think one of the one of the problems with that move is that in the dark night they they did it and it was like oh what and like you know you're really it's something you probably hadn't seen i don't know that's probably the first time something like that was done in hollywood maybe someone could correct me if i'm wrong but yeah. um so send us a sound bite if you want so but one of the things is that they did it and then on the dvd for or like the blu-ray you know whichever let's get up to date let's go blu-ray for the dark knight they explained how they did the trick and i think it's like quite an involved like very technical thing to get going that they couldn't quite get right then they had Mm -hmm. wires that were kind of like pulling it back and then flipping the backside forward and all this and i think after revealing how tricky it was to actually set up and do a lot of like the sort of smart film going audience kind of see that trick and go oh bloody hell here it is again the implausible carriage flip move that they do in every movie now just because yeah. you know it's tough to put together so i noticed that one as soon as it happened as well it was a bit well i've, I've got a little uh, note here and it's it's a goof or a continuity error on imdb so it says during the chase scene just after tamara disconnects the coach that she was riding in uh, from the horses that yep. she's now riding you see the coach tip forward roll and shatter apart in the next shot the coach is whole again and lands on the front and shatters for a second time so they didn't even get it right anyway yeah it's funny because like in certain films like if you think to like chuck norris action films from the 80s like replaying the same stunt 15 times in the same con like continuous movie chronological orders is like totally fair fair game all right just replay that 25 times yeah no problem cool (laughs) and then just watch a helicopter explode like over and over from three or four different angles okay uh there was a a pretty terrible bit where they're just in a a weird a weird sensual scene in a barn um on some hay and then in the morning tamara just decides to leave and i've written down she's definitely getting kidnapped in three two one and she gets kidnapped okay yeah and it just felt like why it felt like why yeah, like why, 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 why could why could they just not get they find the cave or, you know, why did she just go off out on her own just to get kidnapped? I mean, it just felt ridiculous. I had less of a problem with the kidnapping bit. I had more of an issue with the kind of funny sex scene. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, what well, I mean, what was your issue with that specifically? Okay, so here are my notes: aggressive barbarian kissing. Okay. That's one. Yeah. Uh, second one, second one is uh, sex in an empty art installation with some hay. Um, <laughs> okay. And I put a secondary note saying nowhere near as good as having sex with the wolf witch in the first film. Uh, right. Yeah. When when the wolf witch flies away, Arnie's just like, crumb. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I don't know why, because I think that that's yeah. the god he believes in. So it's like, yeah. why I oughta. <laughs> But yeah, the sex scene in this is very strange. It's like a very sudden change in tone. It comes after one line from Jason Momoa, which was, give her the leather and the armour. And the other fella says, I think that means he likes you. And I think that was enough to woo her into going into an art installation naked with him. Right, yeah. Have have a weird uh, moonlight anti-barbarian sensual one. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. The witch. What did you think of the witch lady in this, played by Rose McGowan? Yeah, yeah, I liked her. 
thought she was good. She had, she had a good sort of Star Trek-style forehead. Yeah, I thought she was evil enough. Yeah, I thought she was good. She's quite hammy, but then that's exactly what you want in this type of thing. Like, yeah, really over-the-top delivery. And one of the things she says is, Sumerian steel, when it cuts, the pain is close to pleasure. Although she I, doesn't I quite did. say it like that, but... I did, I did hear that, and I wrote a note after that saying because this, this is like um, after he's fought the tentacles. Uh-huh. Although he didn't chop one off, which I was disappointed with. Well, there was uh, a really funny uh, Netflix subtitle there, which said uh, in square brackets, "Sea creatures screaming." <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> just so like it, a, it, just a tentacled beast going. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it basically. Um, it all kind of wraps up. This uh, lady gets kidnapped um, by your main wizard guy who's after the mask and his witch daughter. So they all go to this uh, place and they reenact the finale of or, or the halfway point of Temple of Doom uh, where she's sort of strapped to a sacrificial gate thing and he's wearing a weird mask. So it's, it's very Temple of Doom. It's taken a very long time as well for her to be prepped for sacrifice conveniently long enough that Conan gets enough time to basically make it through the tentacle sewers and and stop this thing from happening. Your witch lady does the line about Sumerian steel is so sharp that when you get cut the pain is more like pleasure. And then I've got a note here that says, I reckon Conan now in the final fight is going to get both swords, uh, so both Sumerian steel swords, uh, because his dad's one is there and his one is there. And then do a scythe cross slash with both swords and take his head off. And the and the bad guy does a number three because it's so pleasurable. I I wish it was as good as that. I had a note about how bad the sort of end end final battle was. It was disappointing. I wish you had been involved in the writing of the the final scene here. So Stephen Lang, uh, who's in Avatar as a man with a tan. And he's also in Don't Breath as the man with no eyes. Yeah. He plays Zim, who, by the way, is a different character from the character from the first one. Um, uh-huh. James Earl Jones plays... Um, his name's Doom, I think. Someone Doom. Anyway, so we've got Stephen Lang playing that character. I had a note earlier on in the film where I'd said, I don't want to see a fight between Conan and this guy. Yeah, I wanted it all to be about the witch woman. Yeah, I, basically, if that's where it was all leading, which... By me taking this note, it must have been what it felt like at the time, it was leading up to the big face-off between those two. It just felt yeah. like a fight with this guy would be boring. And then, the note I took at the time was, the final moment where he drops Zim to his death. Spoiler alert! Yeah. Um, the action of putting his sword through the wooden floor to kind of destroy the floor and then have him yeah. fall. It was really unclear and dark. Like, uh, for the de- final death blow, it was really unsatisfying, yeah. I thought. Um, I wish it had been a little bit more like what you described. Yeah, and I wanted to see the lava splosh. Yeah, and I wanted to see him like sort of streaming shit as he shit himself on the way down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or or number three, you know, whichever way you want to write it. But yeah, I just thought it was a bit unsatisfactory for like a big ending. Um, and actually, another thing about the lighting and the, the, the <laughs> ending as well. Okay. So here we go. Ian's final lighting point for the day. In the final short... What? Short? In the final short! Uh, the last shot of the film, basically Jason Momoa masters the sword. What? Sorry, Conan masters the sword. And he's... I think he's mastered the fire and the ice, Ollie. Okay, yeah, he's got both. Yeah. 
Um, he sort of pulls the sword up in front of his face, and it does the big zoom on the skull that's on the sword. Yeah. Um, but the, I think the thing is, probably in the cinema, if it was 3D, you'd be like, oh, mate, yeah, that is like the skull sword from the logo. Yeah. But on the the version I watched at home, it's just unintelligible. Like you can't see any of it, and yeah. it, so there's the 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 final shot of the film is a big zoom in on this like kind of blurry mess. Uh, so you know that's fair. Yeah. My final note here is that so this woman's getting possessed with a demon. That's the mask's special move. Is that I mean I didn't even know what it was, what the buttons were or anything, but uh, Swan gets possessed with this demon um and you don't want it to happen because she's like a, a good person but she kind of graph gradually changes like slowly rather than a an instant change it's like a gradual one that could be reversed and so she's like essentially like a loading bar yeah in in like csi you know like 70 percent possessed yeah <laughs> Yeah, that would be good. Like flashing in the right hand corner. So like you can kind of visually see that she's not all the way gone. Possession status. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I'll sum it up um, with David Rourke from Christianity Today, who says this film is dumb, hackneyed, and well, just plain bad. Much like the 1982 original, but because it knows and makes fun of that, it plays for a smart and entertaining ride. I mean, I'm going to take the smart out and just say it's fairly entertaining but it is it, it the the script is done I wish the it characters was more entertaining. Are done. yeah I, i'm afraid i'd have to disagree on my my side of it i just didn't find any of the action interesting enough i, I feel like with i can't put my finger on it exactly but i think it's just got this overall lack of clear structure where the, the original film it had this structure of like various tests happening along the way then like sort of campfire discussions about what's next and then they go to the next place because they've talked about it and why with this yeah. it was just like why? a series of things that happened one after the other that like like those levels in a characters game characters kind of but at least with levels in a game you kind of know why they're appearing with this like the sandstone warrior sort of guys they just appeared out of nowhere there was no explanation about like you know, as they head over towards that part of, you know, the kingdom or whatever, like, you know, we should watch out. There's, like, scripture talks of these, like, crazy sand men or, like, you know, I don't know, something like that would have, I think, made it feel like more of an overall journey. But they, they could have just had um, Enter Sandman playing just the, the little riff just as, you know, they were walking into that place and he would have went, hmm, something's familiar. And we would have went, oh, Enter Sandman, there might be, you know, Sandman. Sandman. Yeah, I think that would have okay. worked better. <laughs> so, uh, Ollie, you looking for a film job? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if there is any execs here in this, they'll be think, knocking think on my door. Maybe you could do Conan the Destroyer. Okay, so I had a couple of questions. I just looked up good questions on the internet. Um, so I, I kind of changed them so that they're related to Conan. Can I ask you a few? Okay. Can you tell me more about the day-to-day responsibilities of Conan? He's not really one for taking care of like hair or hygiene um i think it's mainly i think it's mainly sword training and um like wwe camp style um boot camp things okay um what are some of the most important qualities of somebody to excel in this role be stronger than most of the people (laughs) okay 
<laughs> I think I think you need to you need to be you, you need to just be stronger than most of the people. I think that is the the key uh, key, the key area there. Yeah. Um, okay. And I think you've just uh, got to master a, a hard look as well, like a, a look that would turn people to stone. Tough, tough guy stare. Yeah, tough guy stare. Yeah. Where do you think Conan is headed in the next five years? Up the corporate ladder, mate. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I just you know probably get a. I mean, he's he's getting a promotion probably to King Conan at some point. Okay. And then yeah. he and then he might have a you know a, a battle with King Kong and Godzilla. I'd like to see that. Yeah, that would be pretty good. And um, how does Conan 2011 compare with un- other candidates for the role? So overall, how do you think it compares to the original? I thought you meant like maybe like uh, The Rock's Hercules. Yeah, no, that's interesting Whoa. as well. Actually. That came to mind when I looked this up um, because um, they're both about sort of savage men in sandals. Yeah. And um, they're both played by islanders with um, tattoo, similar tattoos. Hmm. To be honest, I think... The Rock would have been more acceptable in this role because he would have owned it and brought more to it in a way that would have allowed you to kind of say, you know what, this is quite different from Arnie's one. Whereas this, you're just constantly going, you know what? He's not Arnie. He's not Arnie. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. I think on that we're both agreed. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Do you want want to play us out? Yeah. (laughs) You're going to have to. If yeah. you would like to take part in the um, notes on segments on our on our podcast, then check out facebook.com forward slash guys on film to see what the next film we're going to record our podcast on is. Then send us a note about it. Um, give us your thoughts. Hint it's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Hint it's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Is that confirmed? Yeah. Okay, that's been confirmed. So we're going to be talking about how that's a remake again. So let us know what your thoughts on that are and get in touch in the ways we told you at the top of the show. Um, yeah. That is what Watch I was it. going to say. Was, can, can we put a cap on this episode? Yeah, yeah. I want to cap it out. I'm going to need it. I'm going to need a cap on this. <laughs> yeah. You cap this episode out, Ollie. Um, yeah. If you want to get in touch with us and send like an audio file to us directly, then you can email us at guysonfilmpodcast at gmail.com. I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Um, hopefully this has been a shorter than normal podcast. No, it's it's uh, we've been recording for an hour and three minutes. But actually saying that, um, a lot of far from about fifty minutes. We've been recording for fifty minutes. Yeah, so it'll get down to about forty easily, I think. Yeah. Okay. Thir- Thirty-five Bye. ideally. Bye.